Fantasy Draft is card player's top choice for daily fantasy sports action. The site offers DFS contests for the NFL, NBA, NHL, PGA, and Major League Baseball. Fantasy Draft puts the players first. With larger payout zones and contest entry caps, there are even more chances for new players to win. Check out Fantasy Draft today at cardplayer.com link slash fantasy draft. And when you sign up, you'll receive a free digital subscription to Card Player Magazine worth $14.99. All you have to do is head to cardplayer.com slash link slash fantasy draft and sign up to get full access to a digital archive of more than 700 issues of Card Player Magazine. And hey, you might even win some big money. Once again, go to cardplayer.com slash link slash fantasy draft for that free card player subscription and the best daily fantasy sports action around. Poker Stories is an audio series that features casual interviews with some of the game's best players and personalities. Each episode highlights a well-known figure in the poker world and dives deep into their favorite tales both on and off the felt. Welcome back to another edition of Poker Stories brought to you by Card Player, the Poker Authority. I'm your host, Julio Rodriguez. This is episode number 11, which features the one and only Bryn Kenny. Bryn is currently number one in the Card Player Player of the Year race, and he has pretty much been on fire for the better part of the last four years. He has more than 15 million in career live tournament earnings, which is good enough for number 20 all time. And most of that has come from his success on the high roller circuit. In fact, just the day after Bryn and I finished this interview, he won yet another 25K event for $300,000. If you want to see someone who churns out six-figure caches with regularity, go check out Bryn's page on the Card Player website. He has 31 scores of six figures or more. Uh, but despite all of that success, Bryn has had more than his fair share of tough times in poker, which we get into. So here it is, my conversation with Bryn Kenny. I'm here with Bryn Kenny, and I'm getting vertigo looking out your window of your hotel room here at the Bellagio, right over the fountain. <laughs> <laughs> is this your usual suite when you're when you're staying in town? Uh, Bellagio, Cosmo, Aria, like something like this, like pretty much. Yeah, nice. Like to be nice and relaxed. When's the last time you slummed it around here? No, I'll get like circus, a circus circus style. No, 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 never. <laughs> like slumming it would be like getting a room, a regular room at Bellagio on the weekend because you don't want to pay like the six hundred a night for like a suite that's like three mm -hmm. x the cost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's like sl slumming it is like getting a, a like a Just regular a room in Bellagio person. for the weekend. Yeah, be a normal person who doesn't need a living room. When yeah, in a the, hotel. the last time I didn't have a living room, you in have Vegas, a full kitchen here too during a weekday. Yeah, that's been a long time. <laughs> All right, well, I want to get, get to the beginning. We're going to go back to the beginning on this one. Uh, Long Beach, New York. Tell me about Long Beach, New York. Yeah, Just like so, Long Beach, California, I'm so sure. So Long Beach, New York is like a beach town pretty much. <laughs> like, so, to be, so growing up, I was playing sports at first. Then I got into this game, Magic the Gathering, when I was like 12 years old and mm -hmm. just got hooked on that from like 12 to 15. It's just when I... Just hooked myself on cards, mm -hmm. and then at this, then I just like stopped playing sports completely as soon as I got into like card games. Then you became an indoor kid. Yeah, exactly. It went from <laughs> being completely outdoor to completely indoor, mm -hmm. straight. Then, um, 
just like normal, uh, normal place. To be honest, in my grade in Long Beach, my exact age was probably, they always said it was the worst grade of kids ever, like out of the school. Oh, you mean your class? Yeah, like. yeah, my class. I literally, <laughs> I swear to you, I was the most hated person in the school by far. So you like, were the leader of the bad kids? No, 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 no. <laughs> I wasn't bad at all. Just all the bad kids hated me. Oh, okay, okay, okay. No, You're no, the opposite. I, yeah, yeah, exactly. I wasn't bad at all. I walked around like with a gold chain on, mm -hmm. like with my head up, like good shape, like, and everybody just hated me. <laughs> so then I just started playing poker all day. After I graduated high school at 17, I just was hooked. My grandma passed away when I was like... 18 and me and her were really close so but my grandpa was living in a big house by himself so i moved in with him to keep him company pretty much and from there i just played all day every day ate unhealthy <laughs> gained 60 pounds in one year didn't see sunlight anymore <laughs> that was your freshman 15 <laughs> yeah exactly. but it was just online poker exactly all right, we're going too fast let's go i'm gonna go back because i remember a story you told me uh when i interviewed you a couple years ago Back when you only had five million in career earnings, you know, ten million dollars ago, <laughs> which is like a year and a half ago. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um, you told this great story about your mother and baseball cards. Oh yeah, and how and how that, that's how they you discovered you had a photographic memory. Yeah, I guess that's how they discovered that I had a photographic memory. Yeah, so tell the story because I think that's great. So it actually we break into it more because my mom like adds to the story a little bit. So. When I was one and a half, they would just train me every day, showing me baseball, like baseball cards and just tell me the name, position, and some stats on the what, Why did they want you to, why baseball? I guess they were just, I don't know, I guess they, they had wanted baseball you to become cards. An announcer like no, they, I don't think they had any plan about this at all. And then at the end, they thought it was complete, at first they thought it was completely normal, where mm -hmm. like, oh, like, I'm, I guess any kid can do this. Yeah, of course. You, they had like four more kids, they're like, oh wait, like this was something sick. What were you doing? Like, were you, were you telling people how many, Okay, so that Ricky Henderson had. So in apparently, at one and a half, I knew seventy-five different baseball uh, like cards, name, position, and some stats for every single card. Yeah. <laughs> and like, but then at the same time, I was shy. My mom said she tried to videotape me one time, and I just went. There's still. no proof. <laughs> yeah, there's zero proof. But I don't think it's well, back then. You had to get the camcorder, sling it over your shoulder. Yeah, exactly. Now you get it easily. Today. You sneak an iPhone like video in, no problem, without the kid looking. There's not more child prodigies these days. There's just more cameras capturing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, that translated well for Magic. Yeah. Yeah, it just translated well to I'm games. To the game. Just a game yeah. like it's just like a strategy type of game where there's different variables like poker mm -hmm. and pretty much you have like a range of information and then you use the information and the and the way the player plays like against them pretty much. Yeah. So it's it's Are there a, dead cards in Magic the Gathering? No, it's like you bring a deck of cards and play one on one pretty much and each you have a 60 card deck or you like draft in it where you open a pack of cards, there's 15 cards, you take one out and you make a deck at the end after you get Got like 45 it. cards. Got it, and the key is how to order them? The key is, uh, well, it's like you start, both start with 20 life and the key is to get the other person down to zero. Got it. So like you have lands and spells and creatures. So like you have to play lands to get creatures into mm -hmm. play and to attack and to I'm play I'm just making you stuff. nerd out right now, so there's evidence. Yeah, yeah. There's audio okay. evidence of you out there. Yeah, I was actually I, I am slash I was. I want a you nerd. to brag about it because number one player in the world at one point. Yeah, fifteen and under in Magic, I was number one in the world. And can you tell me about 
all of I the was, lug, luxury and lifestyle and all the, I'm sure all the fame and women that come with, uh, <laughs> with being the under 15 year old number one ranked Magic the Gathering you, player. You mean the complete opposite. Like I stopped playing Magic because I was like, man, this is weak. <laughs> I stopped playing Magic. So you I weren't like, on the cover of Magic well, Monthly? Well, there's not, there's not enough money over here to win. And who wants to hear that you're out playing Magic on the weekend? I'm like looking at myself. I'm like... Man, the type of people that like I'm spending the time with on the weekend, like what I'm am sure I they doing were all with my very life? nice boys and a few girls. And weird. <laughs> a lot of strange older people. <laughs> like people you would look at and be like, Oh, he must be on some watch list. I wonder if there's ever like a controversy in the magic world where like a sixteen year old sneaks into the under fifteen age group. You know, like they do in the Little League World Series every year. <laughs> I wonder if anybody's taking it that seriously to win. <laughs> yeah, probably not. That would be a tough one. So you got this photographic memory. I'm sure that helps a lot in uh in those mixed games where you're where you're killing cards and you have to keep track of a lot of information. Yeah, well, I mean, mo more even just tournaments because I just remember every hand that I play against everybody. Mm -hmm. I just like just see it in like flashbacks, kind of. I could just pick it out of my head. You got a database in your head. Yeah, that? like a sick database in my head. I mean, I'm <laughs> only I'm one of the only people who have crushed so hard in the world who don't use a poker tracker or anything. Mm -hmm. I don't study any numbers. I don't look at any charts. I right, we're jumping ahead, but this is a great segue. So I, I want to I get your, your attitude on, on that because you do seem to be one of, if not the top field player, for sure. Uh, there's an argument to me, best overall player, especially right now. How do you, you know, reconcile that for, with the, the top players out there who are basically robots using... Uh, balance ranges and GTO yeah. versus a guy like you who just says, nah, you're not going to call. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's different. I understand like their whole like thought process and the way they play. I'm playing with all these robots every day. I know mm -hmm. I have a good feel, I think for all their ranges and who will make loose calls and who will fold a lot. Like, and then it's really just when you play like a feel style game, you just really have to like have reads on people and how they think all the time and just, constantly like level war against other smart people and i've just been killing these guys in the level <laughs> war and they've been wanting to play less and less pots with me as it's been happening because i mean i don't know whatever it's just all clicking every time i'm just i'm hero calling people right like mm -hmm. i mean i can't say that i'm folding every time right but i'm full like every, all the hero calls that i'm making it seems like the percentage is crazy yeah yeah, yeah. like the people are just all right, let's play devil's advocate and go, ah, that's just variance. Right now, you're just guessing right every time. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I mean, what can I say about that? Maybe I am guessing right. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. No, like, I yeah, mean, you, you have it. Let's sure. And you could, say I, you could say I'm winning all ins, but then at the same time, you could say it's tournaments that are a lot more deep stacked that you're mm -hmm. not really playing, like, many all ins early. So, like, if you're always... The thing is, even the tournaments that I haven't done well in recently, I've been there at the end. Like, I've mm -hmm. been at the final two tables pretty much every single tournament. So you're putting yourself in position. Yeah. I'm, like, at the end of the tournament, you're going to have to win all ins no matter what. But if you're putting yourself in position to make the final two tables every time, then you know you're just slaying everybody pretty much. Yeah. Well, I don't think anybody's out there going, you know what, Bryn Kenny's just on a hot streak. Yeah. You know what I mean? You got, what is it? 15 million in earnings almost, 21st on the all-time tournament earnings. Did you know you were number 21 all-time? Yeah, I saw I've been rising. It's nice. It's, I mean, that's a, that's a 
I mean, I'm going to have to hit number jump. one at, that, at some point. I'm like halfway to number one. You're actually exactly halfway to number one. Yeah. You need 30 million or so to get there. So I'll need to win like the Aria 300K. Like that'll get me like a third of the way there. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like two, three years, I guess, <laughs> at this pace I should be there. <laughs> well, I mean, just so that no people don't know it's a fluke, uh, you know, you are currently number one in our player of the year. You finished 13th, 35th, and 25th going back the last three years. Uh so clearly there's some consistency there, you know, day in and day out. It doesn't matter if you have the occasional slump, but let's talk about the slumps because they seem to be of your own doing. Yeah, I'm my own worst enemy by far, mm-hmm. especially because I never really lose in poker for my whole poker career, which has been about 13 years. I've never really had big downswings. Even when <laughs> I was winning huge, like maybe my biggest downswing of myself playing – uh, I had a big one last year where I lost like 1.2 mil straight or so. But before that, the most I ever went on a downswing was like 500, let's say. And that's with 15 to 20 profit, including all like yeah, yeah. poker, everything, which is pretty crazy to have like not really a downswing at all. And it's funny because poker's going well, but yet you're still losing money. Yeah, well, I mean... Losing money isn't really that. Yeah, it's leaking money, I guess, would be the. Yeah, thing. you know where it went. It's not lost. <laughs> yeah, no, well, it's lost. <laughs> I don't know. A lot of a lot of it's just like a learning experience too. The thing is, when you make a million dollars when you're 20 years old, mm-hmm. and nobody in your house had any money, like you don't have really smarter friends to tell you like you should be like this, yeah. like this is the way you should be. So you're kind of just thrown into a gauntlet, like. With no gloves, nothing. And it's yeah. just like, yeah, here, it's you against the world, pretty much. Yeah, here's seven figures. Yeah. Don't and, screw it up. Yeah, exactly. And then at that <laughs> point, my mentality was never me against the world. I've always tried to bring the people around me up also, which has actually been one of my biggest leaks slash failures, mm-hmm. putting too much. Well, you said in an interview that you got taken advantage of by parasites and uh, that you, it took a while for you to learn how to say no. Yeah, so I just, just have one thing to ask. Yeah, you gonna put me in this twenty-five? <laughs> no, <laughs> we just started right now. <laughs> First, no. <laughs> I like it. I like it. You can start with me. <laughs> no, we've started the no a little bit. It's okay. Been, yeah, I would say in the last six months, I've got I've been and gotten smarter than the last twenty-nine years before then. <laughs> so I mean, I'm very happy with you. Get you turn wise when you turn thirty, huh? Yeah, exactly. After you just like burn yourself so many times, like there can only be so many times. Especially, I mean, it, luckily for me, I just don't let it affect me. Yeah. No matter what happens, no matter how bad a position I am, I mean, of course you feel it at first, but I've just always had a really great mentality of feeling it at first and just being able to just push through it and never have to think about it again. Like it just would never come into my mind again. Just the only thing I would worry about is how to like build slash get back to where you want to be. Because like thinking of past and negatives and things that you did wrong, like that's never really going to help you. You can think of things. Well, it could help others. Yeah. The, the, The cautionary tale, you know, I just, I'm just struck by the use of the word parasites because it's not like, these were people that you staked and it just didn't work out. This sounds like these are people you staked and then something scummy happened. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, that's how most of the things happen. Like, where I staked people and something scummy happened. Yeah, it's not a matter of them just not being good at poker. And... No, no, no. It's a matter of them, like, stealing from me, yeah. like, being dishonest, like, just being untrustworthy. It's just crazy because at first, it's a hard thing when you're 
when you're just nice to, when you when you're nice to like everybody and you care about all the people around you and you the thing is I've always been successful and I never really needed to do or give anything to anybody I could have just been selfish and just yeah built myself and probably had 20 30 40 million by now mm -hmm. I mean, who knows uh, but it's just hard it was hard to take it at first that you could be so good to somebody and then in different times they can just steal from you that just take advantage like it's just a tough thing it was a tough thing for me to get through my mind that like people were like that and I I still let myself like let it happen time and time and time and probably trip me up maybe five six times where I had peak amounts building up myself and mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. For whatever reason, I it took me a long time to to change that. Maybe I was just in a. I was also always just chasing chasing wins and chasing to like be the best and putting all my time into it too. So every never, little edge, basically. Yeah. So I never really had a balance of anything going on. So I was just completely invested in like poker and all this stuff. So. Well, there had to have been some success stories when it came to staking. I mean, you had David Peters for a while, and he's obviously turned out great. No, I had a few. I had a few like wins, but it doesn't come close. Like the first guy that I got into <laughs> poker with, who like me and him were talking about poker. He actually made me better at poker. But the first person that was like nice to me that I started dealing with wound up like scamming me for half a million and that was, oh, that, was the, that was the start of the path <laughs> and then it didn't get better from there <laughs> you'd hope uh the 500 million is the worst of it but uh <laughs> maybe maybe not um uh so yeah let, like uh let's get back to you know the fact that you're number one in our poi right now uh when, when i last interviewed you you said i feel like i can't take a break or cut back on my schedule until I reach the number one spot. I want to be number one, and then I want to hold on to it longer than anybody else ever has. And after that, I can relax a bit. <laughs> yeah, so we've changed that mentality. Yeah, it seems like you're not playing, like, $300 tournaments all over the... Well, I wasn't playing the 300s, <laughs> but I'd be traveling for all, like, the 5Ks. So, like, let's say if that mentality, I would be in Nottingham right now playing yeah. these 5 and 10 and 2,500 tournaments. Mm -hmm. Where instead, I was like, oh, why don't I just relax, like chill a bit for these last two weeks in between Miami and Monte Carlo because mm. after this it's just 10 days of Monaco which is 25k's 50k's 100k's like expensive week important to be sharp mm -hmm. right after that's just two weeks of scoop and then after that's my favorite tournament of the year the 300k in Aria mm -hmm. so like instead well now too I've been losing a lot of weight I have a big uh, bet for weight loss where I've got to get under 180 by the World Series main how you doing? Uh, I made the bet at 2.40. I'm at 2.11 right now in the morning is what it said. We are the exact same weight. So I got another 31 <laughs> pounds to go in like two and a half months. I, I, that's crazy, man. I can't even imagine losing another five. <laughs> yeah, so I'm pretty much like 45 minutes of cardio every day. Like mm -hmm. My eating is just, let's say, eggs, protein shake, chicken and vegetables, protein shake, fish. And that's just every day. Now it's just like... Like in rotation, pretty much. I don't. But even this think, is like uh, this isn't your first weight loss bet. I mean, yeah, but, but that's the, basically all you do, one. right? No, this is the second weight loss bet. But you don't really. You're not a really big uh, side better. No, not really. Yeah. No just, pit games. No sports betting. Nothing. Just staking and. Uh, yeah, just and the poker. worst. The worst is staking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we've like cut off the staking, so yeah. now it's just poker. Mm-hmm. 
And then and weight loss bets. And weight loss bets. <laughs> well, well, you know, I mean, I wanted to get healthy anyway, and then at first the bet wasn't very big, mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, I'm just gonna lose this bet again, like I did the last one, which like wasn't big enough. Yeah. So, okay, we need to raise this, and it was, it was only a month ago. So I mean, I put myself under huge pressure because let's say I raised the bets with a little under four months to go, and I was weighing two thirty five. So that's fifty five pounds I got to yeah. lose in three and a half months. Like when I just like up the bet, which pretty much means that I need to be sure that I'm going to be doing cardio every morning, like eating these five, like the other problem was, or is if you're training so much, if you don't eat enough food, you actually don't even lose weight. Yeah. So like I went for a week of training for an hour and 45 minutes a day, eating two meals a day and I gained weight. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm looking at the scale, like what's going on? I gained four pounds. I'm doing an hour and a half in the gym, like, uh oh. <laughs> and then like, because of that, I actually didn't look at a scale for the last week or 10 days. And I was like, okay, I'm just gonna take a breather. I'm gonna eat perfect, like exercise a bit and I'll see it like when I get to Vegas. Yeah. Then literally I went in the room last night as, as soon, the first time I saw a scale, there's a, oh, just took off all my clothes like immediately hopped on the scale saw the 213 at night like after dinner mm-hmm. and i was just like yes yeah. i just started like saying yes because <laughs> at this point i just knew i could win now before like yeah. if i saw on the scale where it was just gonna say 220 again where i was like even for two weeks of being perfect no you might was, as well buy out yeah yeah i was like okay <laughs> and and there's a buyout if i ask we have a bet well, how much on, are you on the hook for? we have a it's, bet it's gonna on hurt it. we have a bet if i ask for a buyout actually Oh really? There's a 5K bet on if I ask for a buyout. So the if you ask for a buyout, yeah, not even given a buyout. If I just say the words of buyout, like I have to pay 5K as soon as I bring the buyout. So so can you disclose how much you're on the hook for it? Will it hurt if you lose this bet? Oh, it hurt so much if I lost. Yeah, it would hurt a lot. (laughs) It's like a buy-in for some of the higher stakes games that I play. Okay, okay. (laughs) All right, people can uh, can guess with that what they will. Uh, yeah, let's talk about let's talk about the high roller circuit because you are just playing the big ones these days. Um, you know, what's something that the average person doesn't understand about this, you know, ecosystem of high rollers that you know they don't they don't get to see from the updates or like the yeah. occasional video. So it's pretty much the same people who play all the all the high rollers. So usually the people who do the best in them have the better feels for the players in the field. What mm-hmm. most people don't know is people have, can have crazy low percentages of themselves in these tournaments. Yeah. Like people, some people play for 5% of themselves in these $100,000, $300,000 tournaments just to play. They'll sell a markup and just not risk anything and have a 5% free roll or so. Yeah, so they basically sell all of themselves. Yeah. And the 5% is their markup. Exactly. So it's a free roll. I'm, is that okay? Is that considered fine in, in yeah, the Yeah, I mean, I guess it's fine. In the high world? I mean, yeah. It's essentially I mean, it's like they're working for the man now, though. Yeah, but they're all. There's only a few groups of people anyway who really buy all the action in the hundred Ks. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of everyone's still everyone's working for the man, kind of anyway. Yeah. But that's the whole thing of like markup. You get paid a markup for like your work, I guess. Yeah, for your skill. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I guess it's reasonable. I mean, it would be better if you had to take like a little higher of a percent because you don't <laughs> want like a bunch of good players who are playing for 5% like in the field. Mm-hmm. Or even worse than just playing for 5%, they're risking nothing. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? And that makes it a very different tournament when people don't yeah. have any money on the line. But with how I'm feeling right now, I'm happy with whoever wants to register for every single tournament that I'm in. Mm-hmm. The more, the merrier. What percentage of... Uh, uh, 
let, let's take the super high roller bowl for example there's going to be what 56 players yeah or, i think 55 or 56 something like that so like how many of them do you think have 100 percent of all their own action of the professional poker players of anybody i the mean pro let's just say the pro poker zero pro yeah. poker players even because like even the ones who take 100 they'll swap like 20 30 percent with right, their right 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 mm -hmm. and like i don't i mean even the guys who take 100 they'll probably only be five to seven people who like put up the whole hundred and then swap some yeah and then all the businessmen have a hundred of, of course <laughs> yeah uh, I think of, I can think of one for sure. I know for a fact, but that's it. But I'm not. I'm not gonna make you confirm or deny anything. But the uh, what, what's curious is to me is why does somebody play for five percent of themselves in a hundred k? Wouldn't they be better off playing a five k at Borgata or something like that, a WPT yeah, for a hundred percent of themselves? Why do people do this? Well, they can play both anyway. Like most, mm -hmm. of, it's usually not like over, I'm not, overlapping. I'm just, it's with not either else. or. I'm just saying like most why people, do this at everyone all wants against the, the fame, best? Though. Everyone wants like the fame to win yeah. this tournament to be like the best, and you're mm -hmm. getting like a little bit still. See, for me, I could never do this. I would never play a tournament for five percent. Like even at the worst dire times, like twenty percent. Like maybe if it's like. 100k or bigger buy-in. Like, yeah, yeah. I can't say I've, I've played for 20% in these one time. Like when it was just, I didn't have money, I was either going to play for 20 or I wasn't going to play at all. Yeah, yeah. So this is like easy decision. Then the same with like all the one drops that were million dollar buy-in at the World Series. I could have played every year and just had 10 or 20% of myself. But I just, I just, I could envision myself winning the tournament for 15 or 20 million <laughs> And just being like, oh, okay, cool. Like, here's 18 million, and oh, I get to keep two. And I get to figure out the taxes on it. Yeah, too. yeah. This this sounds wonderful. <laughs> so I was always like, well, if I have. Some and then money, the rest of your life, you got to walk around with, with people thinking you won 15 mil, yeah, and you're just sitting there with like one in the bank, and you're like, exactly. And especially me, that two that I have, I could have torched it like in the next three months or so. <laughs> so they might think I've got like 15, and I don't even have any. Yeah. <laughs> People won't be noticing your watches in the elevator anymore. Well, at least no, no, no. No matter how bad it would ever be, I'll never. I'm never selling any jewelry. That's like the admit of defeat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like nobody's ever gonna even have if any you're pushing a shopping cart down no, no, the freeway. That'll, ne that'll never. You'll happen. still have your watch on. No, no, no. I'll be like never pushing a shopping cart down the freeway. <laughs> I think I'm drawing dead for this one. I think I'd be at the bottom of a lake before I'd be pushing a shopping cart down a, down a freeway. Well, I guess that's somewhat comforting. <laughs> that you're not suffering, at least. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I'm curious how this new uh, approach of the um, let's, let's take it a little easier, pick our spots a little better, you know, take it easy. How does that, um, you know, work with your old attitude of playing through down swings and just grinding, grinding, grinding until, until it started to click again? Well, the problem with just grinding, grinding, grinding is you just literally have zero balance at all. So you have nothing to fall back on mm -hmm. at all. Like your life is just poker. When it's going bad, it's just completely bad. Mm -hmm. So I think that just being completely involved in any one, I mean, at one point it made me like become the player like I am, like, which is one of the best in the world for sure. Without playing all these hours, I wouldn't be the same player for sure. But at the same time to get there, it's, I mean, plus it's a lot of um, a lot of sacrifice for everything in life, just to become the best or one of the best at anything. It's just a full commitment. So, I felt like I put my full commitment into it, like more than anyone could really. Always sleeping for everything, like never partying late, like 
just always being prepared and in the motion to play and planning to win. So I felt like I just I put in enough time of doing that, and I wanted to get enjoy. healthy, enjoy myself, play like all the best and all the best games, and not necessarily every game. And yeah, it just feels much better. I've some of my friends are like, some of my friends have messaged me and be like, "Oh, are you coming to this tournament?" But oh no, I'm just gonna go on vacation. They're just <laughs> like, all you do is go on vacation now. I'm like, yeah, well, vacation every other week and, like, go win a tournament every other week. Like, yeah. It's a good life. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're going to win a tournament every other week, you might as well exactly. go on vacation. Exactly. plan a vacation a right after. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm interested in, 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 in the lifestyle you're living these days. I mean, what you know, it's – you said you haven't really had a permanent home since – Black Friday. Yep. Like, how many days on the uh, uh, during the year you're in an airport or taking a flight or booking a hotel room? I mean, oh well, I mean hotel rooms like every day of the year. Yes, yeah, so is that seriously true? One hundred percent of the time. No, 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 not a hundred. Because let's say I'll spend. Okay, in New York, I would say it's fair to give me a month and a half every year. Okay. Of like family time at my parents' house. They so don't like, charge you rent. Or... Yeah, yeah, no rent. <laughs> no, there's big uh, upkeep to pay every time you're home, but. Uh, <laughs> But there's no rent per se. But it's more expensive than staying at the Bellagio. Yeah, yeah, it's more it's more expensive than staying in Monaco, but it's much better expensive. So, in New York, I'll spend like a month, a month and a half a year. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I would say I spend about two two to three weeks in Miami a year, which I have a friend who I stay with there every time. Probably spend about two to three weeks and maybe two weeks in Toronto like every year on average for the past. Yeah. Like always stay with a friend there too. So I guess I stay with my parents about 90 days. Stay with like friends like let's say 30 days and the other 240. So two-thirds of the year. eight months. Yeah. Eight months uh, in a hotel somewhere. Yeah, hotel suites for eight months of the year. <laughs> and flying probably on average of every week. Yeah, I probably average a flight a week. You must be a, a a crazy good traveler, like have all the tricks down, and then like yeah, you must I have think... the special suitcase with the laptop compartment. Mm, like not necessarily slip on shoes. No, not necessarily that one. So yeah, I've got like solid shoes. Like let I'm, I'm no let, belt for travel. I'm like no 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 never a belt. I'm like I'm an expert of getting to the airport right before the flight and missing a very very small percentage of flights. Okay. So like I'm very good at this. I never spend any time at any airports and I hate layovers. <laughs> so liter- to avoid layovers, usually I'll go to one city, stay there for 2 days and then take the next flight and just dodge the layover. Are you one of those like uh you ever seen the movie Up in the Air with George Clooney? Yeah, but and I don't he's remember got, like, the a movie so much. card. He's trying to get like a car that only 6 people in the world have. Are you like loyal to one airline and like racking up these crazy No, because I fly everywhere, like I can't really be loyal to one airline, so instead I pretty much just buy discount uh business tickets through like I have three different friends. They don't give you any crazy perks for that thing anymore? Like uh Yeah, well I was the highest status on like Virgin Atlantic for a while and to be honest it didn't really give you much. <laughs> Not worth like, it. Anymore. It gave you like a nice clubhouse like did they, when you're there. Did they at least avoid from dragging you off of a flight? Yeah, I did not get dragged off a flight. There you go. And I've never been bumped down off my seat or something. (laughs) So they've never just completely cut me out. And somehow these business ones that the other people book for me too, I've never had a problem either. One time I got to the airport and they're like, we don't have you in the system. Called my buddy. It was done in 15 minutes. But that's (laughs) such a nice thing too where I just send my friends a message. 
like, hey, see if you can find this flight for me. And all of a sudden, it's booked. Yeah. So these type of convenient things, like, that's what I like. Like, have another friend where just books hotel, like, discount hotel rooms all the time. Mm -hmm. So I just send him a message, hey, this hotel, like, I want all your room listings within 15 minutes. Like, I just have all the, the listings. You have, like, like, a concierge service. Yeah, pretty that. much. Yeah, I need a concierge <laughs> service because I hate doing all the little stuff. Yeah. I hate talking to people on the phone, actually, though, more than, like, anything. There are poker players with personal assistants. My mom's my personal assistant, <laughs> but I take care of yeah. her way better than anyone takes care of their personal assistant. I guarantee that much. <laughs> my mom's about, I'm actually taking my mom and my dad on a one month trip to Monaco. They're going to go to Paris, Amsterdam, like along with Mexico playing? and Vegas. Oh, that's crazy. So like pretty much because I have the bed, I asked my mom to come with me to cook for me in Amsterdam during scoops. Mm -hmm. And my dad's always worked, but she said, like, oh, if dad wants to come, like, does he have a seat? I was like, yeah, of course. Yeah. Like, my dad pretty much, like... What does your dad do? He's a doctor, but he pretty much put in his, like, notice. He's <laughs> like, yeah, I'm leaving. So I was like, okay, perfect. So my mom wanted to see Monaco, like, for mm -hmm. the two days. So she's going to come at the end of that trip. My dad really wants to see Paris. So they'll go from Monaco to Paris and then meet me in Amsterdam. I actually... Okay, so... Here's one of the, here's like a baller thing that I'll do. So yeah. Let's say. Okay, so I booked for my mom's birthday, May 24th, a reservation at Noma, Mexico, which opened a pop-up in Mexico for two weeks. They charge $7.50 a person. You have to pay in advance. You have to book six months in advance. <laughs> Literally, I had to book the reservation, or my mom booked it December like 5th for May 24th. So I, I just, my mom loves food. I love food too, but my I mom's like, I know you're a foodie, yeah. Mom's like the founder of loving food. So, <laughs> so for like her birthday, I was, oh, this would be a great thing. So we're going to wind up flying from Amsterdam to Mexico for one day to go to Tulum to eat this $5,000 meal and then go right to Vegas. The meal's 5,000? 750 a person, six people. Oh my God. <laughs> well, it's just, it's Mexican food or? It's like, uh, the restaurants from Copenhagen. Like it was the number one restaurant in the world either two or three years ago. I went there one time when I was mm -hmm. in I was in Copenhagen one time and was lucky to get a reservation there. They have a lot of really cool like farm to table stuff. Like I had a piece of moss there that was like so good and it was You ate a piece of moss. Moss. Like the stuff Literally, that grows it comes, on a yeah, tree yeah, stump. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It comes out on the plate, a piece Not of moss. Not on Rolling Stones. And like it was actually bomb. <laughs> and I was like, wow. So my mom is like a complete healthy eater. She's vegetarian. Mm -hmm. So this is like just completely up her alley. Yeah. So, but we, I was planning to do some time in Mexico, but now I'm like, ah, I don't want to travel twice during scoop. So I ah, forget about it. We'll just spend the whole time in Amsterdam and we'll fly to Mexico just for our dinner reservation. My gosh. <laughs> and then the next day, straight to Aria so I can play the 50K, 100K, 300K. And then they get some time in Vegas. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they, they, they always come in Vegas for like a week. They like it a lot here. They go hiking early in the morning. My mom loves food, so... Mm -hmm. It's like the New York and Vegas were like All right, well, the best let's keep, the, let's keep the baller train rolling since you, yeah, since okay. you brought it up. What what are your what are your highlights from your from all of your stops around the world? Like favorite places? Yeah, I mean, not just for tournaments, but food, anything. Like, because you've obviously okay. been a jet setter for quite so some time. So I love Amsterdam, not for food. Amsterdam is like the coolest place. Just to, mm. like the such nice like canals, Culture. like. Yeah, the culture, just like the history, the it's just like it feels enchanting walking around. Just 
canals on every street and just these old houses right on the canal. The people there are so nice. It's just a, like a really pleasant place to be. They have nice, healthy like food, a few good places. It's not the best place for food, mm -hmm. but it's solid for food and the place is, it's just so relaxing for All me. All the Dutch people are now like sending hate mail. Like he said they didn't have the nicest food. <laughs> yeah, they know they don't have the nicest food, but they've got about everything else except for weather and, and food. And bicycles. Yeah, they, and maybe a little too many bikes. See, I've never, I've never actually taken a bicycle in Amsterdam because there's just so many people on the road. Like, I'm like, I'm just gonna hit into one of you know these people on a bike. You know what's weird is like, I'm trying to picture you on a bicycle, and the only thing I'm picturing is the picture I saw earlier today of you like at 12 years old playing Magic the Gathering on a bicycle. <laughs> if yeah. people need to go back to your Twitter and look at this photo, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, the, you I look nothing like that kid. <laughs> I can imagine this guy riding a bicycle for sure. Yeah, now it's like the scooter person. I ride the scooter in Amsterdam if I get something. Mm -hmm. So if anyone wants to mess with you on the road, you're messing with the Segway? scooter. <laughs> I've never got on a Segway, I can say. No, no. It always seemed a bit strange. You seemed like... No, magic Brin would have loved a Segway. But... Yeah, yeah. But the Magic Brin needed to get out of Magic by like 15 years old to like save, <laughs> to like save life. Well, let's talk about your current style because you and your brother don't really dress the same. Mm -hmm. He's got a little bit different style than you. I'm, o I'm always curious... To uh, I would say everybody who plays poker has got a different style than me, though. So right, I, I mean, I'm not gonna lump you in with some other some other of the uh, the sharply dressed people on tour. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just wondering uh, how aware you are of the way you look and appear to other people, and how that affects poker at the table. Hmm. So I've never actually just like planned an outfit for a way to look. I've never no, but like, you must be aware of like how people see you. You obviously look like yeah, yeah, a guy course. from New York. Yeah, yeah, I've mean? gotta I've gotta like play a style that's cohesive to how I dress, of course, that like mm -hmm. works well. So let's say if people don't know me and I'm wearing my like gold cross and they don't like my like diamond cross <laughs> and they're like, Okay, this guy, you're not really gonna bluff this guy. Actually I remember I remember like a big hand. It was in a hundred K and PCA. It was either the I think it was the first year hundred K and PCA. And it was a hand versus Hoyt Corkins. And this was like the Hoyt Corkins. Yeah, this was like the only hundred K that this guy ever played. Mm -hmm. And I remember we made it to the river and I just like shoved for value on the river. And I was thinking on my head, this is like not the guy to bluff because like how we're looking. And the guy he called me and then said, like, oh, I called you because like you're cross right here. Uh -huh. I was like, oh, okay, perfect. It paid for itself already. Mm -hmm. So but yeah, I, I just dress comfortable and <laughs> like the style that i like i don't know a bit hood a bit comfortable like a bit gangster, flashy a bit relaxed yeah I, I don't know i like some flashy i gotta things. tell me i literally came up in the elevator and the guy in the elevator with us noticed your watch <laughs> yeah. and complimented you <laughs> another grown adult male did this an hour ago. No, he knew the exact like make and model too. That was strong. Yeah. He didn't say how much it cost, so. He knew. He knew though. He definitely knew. <laughs> it sounds like his cost more though, the way he described his watch afterwards. It was more like a that's a cute watch. Yeah, yeah. He was like the guy who when I was when I was driving in uh in Miami, I was staying at my friend's place and he lets me use his cars, so I was mm -hmm. driving like his Lamborghini for the week. Of course. I pull up to the <laughs> I pull up to the Hard Rock, just like park the car, and this just like douchey, like, douchey guy like comes up next to me. I, fr I don't even know what like make the, the Lamborghini is. Like I don't care. Yeah. Like, I'm, I just like like the car. People don't like... know this, but when Bryn's in New York, he drives a 1998 Toyota Tercel. 
it's missing its right rear. Oh my god! If you light. saw the cars that I've driven in New York, actually, because it's it's like tough. I'm like. I don't know how to get my mom to go get a new car. I've told. <laughs> tell, I tell her, her don't tell her we're gonna skip the meal in Mexico. I tell her every buy single you a time. Car. No, forget about even skip the meal. I tell her I'm like, hey, I saw like this car's nice. Like this is like the least like good deal. Why don't you go like drive this car? Mm -hmm. And she drives so much also and has a shitty car, but she can't make it to like get one. It's probably part of like she doesn't want me to like spend for her or something, but. Yeah, she's been a good mom. Yeah, no, my mom's <laughs> the best in the world, so... So you're driving a Lambo, and this guy's like... Oh, so this guy comes up, it's like, oh, this is a nice car. I got four of these. <laughs> and then he goes... Why? He goes... Why would you want four of the I've, same car? I have no idea how he could have four of these. Then he goes, but you know, recently, like, I got the, whatever, the Aventador or something. Oh, and it's so nice to drive, so smooth. You should get it as, like, your next one. So, like, I know in my head that, like, whatever car that he's talking about, like, let's say if the one I'm driving costs 350 the one he's talking about costs 500 or 700 or 800 <laughs> and he's just in there, like, just bragging for no reason, just, like, rolled off in his Bentley. I don't know who this guy was, and he just needed to tell me that he's got, like, four of the same cars as mine and one better. That was Mr. Hard Rock. <laughs> that, was the, that was the owner of the casino, Mr. Hard Rock. <laughs> I mean... Maybe. <laughs> Whatever a car is at one downstairs. Uh, probably like a, so, some like builder in Miami or something. Old money or something. <laughs> or, gotta be. It's not so. It doesn't see. Well, I mean, if it is someone who earned that money, it's someone who earned that money with no confidence because he needs to tell <laughs> you like where he's at. Like he's already pulling out in like 150K or 200K Bentley. Like, oh, okay. Like nice car. Yeah. Like. <laughs> what, are you, what are you telling me? I don't care. If he's doing that to you, what is he doing when he pulls up next to the 98 Tercel? He's spitting on them. <laughs> he's literally, this guy's probably spitting on them or just looking at them like, peasants. Peasants. Yeah, yeah. this guy's Why the are one, they even taking up a spot? Yeah, well, how are they allowed to Why pull this into guy the same even, area as, my, as I'm, me? I'm assuming this was valet. Yeah, how can he breathe my air like this guy? <laughs> Look at these shoes. Where'd he come from? <laughs> Uh, I just wanted to to rub your face in misery a little bit. How, how are your Knicks doing these days? The Knicks are terrible. Yeah, but the problem is like you, the management convert? and like the coaching. No, well, I mean I'm just like a New York fan for life. Mm -hmm. But then it's wait, not Mets like, or Yankees? Yankees. Okay. Luckily. Luckily, me and my grandma are the only Yankee fans in the house. Yeah, because the Mets are just like despair. <laughs> I mean the Yankees are they pretty now. pretty bad now. The Mets are like pretty good. They've got some sick young pitchers. Mm -hmm. The thing is, the Mets never pay any money, though, so they'll never have a great team. They'll have to get, like, lucky. Just the ownership doesn't like to spend. But the Yankees... And the Yankees fan, haven't been that. spending... E yeah, the Marlins. <laughs> the Marlins are the number one team in the league who doesn't spend. Yeah. The Marlins might have had the best eye, like, scouting-wise in the last, like, 15 years, mm -hmm. but literally just wouldn't sign a single player when their contract came up. Yeah, <laughs> and somehow they won a World Series like that. My like, favorite story about the about the owner of the Marlins, who might not be the owner much longer, is that they ran out of hot dogs one day on opening day because he didn't he didn't think the turnout would be enough to sell that many hot dogs. Oh my God, that's insane! I was like that that just like shows that franchise right there. That sums up the exact Marlins. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you you're a, you're a New York uh, sports fan. Yeah, so too. New York New York for life. New you York will always be my favorite thing? city. I never did courtside in New York. I did courtside twice in L.A. Mm -hmm. Because 
I mean, the thing is, New York's the most expensive tickets, and who the hell wants to go see the Knicks, really? It would just be, <laughs> like, I'll, I'll go, but I don't want to spend five grand for courtside seats yeah. like, for a team that's not even a winning team. You have courtside dinner seats in Mexico for five grand. Exactly, so I'd rather that. That's much better. <laughs> so then, I mean, I went two times courtside in L.A. They were, I think, 2500 each ticket were, but this is, like, one time was when Kobe and Shaq were on the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Like, the other time was when... It was Lakers versus Suns, where it was Kobe versus Shaq. Oh, that's cool, yeah. So, like, these were, like, the sick games. It was games worth it, that, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. But then the, I'm just not going to throw away money. So, me and my buddy went to Game 7 of the finals last year because mm-hmm. we were in Vegas, and I was just like, how is there any chance that I don't go to Game 7? Yeah. Like, Curry versus LeBron, <laughs> like, how can I not go to Game 7? So, but we we got normal seats, like, let's say 25 rows up and spend 1700 a ticket. Like, mm-hmm. I'm never just going to go there and spend 10000 to sit, like, third row or something or pay 20000 30000 to sit front row. Like, I'm, it's just I'm, a big right now, I'm just picturing all the people listening to this in their car going, 25th row is normal? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, come on. I mean, how many rows are there? Let's take the average. It's probably, like, 80. <laughs> well, like, you know, when you're, like... When you're staying in five-star like, places That's, that's your circus and, circus. Yeah, exactly. 25th row is my circus circus. <laughs> I like it. Uh, okay, let's just go rapid fire with some fun ones here. Well, what's the, uh, the worst bad beat you ever put on anybody? <laughs> A lot of people don't remember this one. They only remember the times they got beat. Uh, I don't know. You heard it here, folks. I Brand mean... has never gotten lucky in a tournament. I've definitely gotten lucky. All right, biggest pot you ever won or lost? Either one of those. I lost a 600k pot against Rick Solomon in uh, in Bobby's room. Really? Yeah. Oh, I love ace, Bobby's room story. Ace queen to tens, just all in preflop, 600k pot. Well, what were the blinds? You guys were playing four eight or? No, we were playing like. The thing is, he was straddling in every seat to 4,000. So we were playing 4,000 big blind, pretty much. Okay. So we were playing, let's say, 500, 1,000, but it was 500, 1,000, 4,000 when I folded <laughs> down. Okay. So, like, this hand, like, I opened for 15,000. Because he he's made, already got four out He made it, like, 55, and mm-hmm. I shoved for 300. He called with 10s. I lost. Ran it one time. See you later. Did he deliberate with 10s? With or was it just no, like no, no. This was oh, he was call. like he was dumping money out of his bag this night. Like this is impressive mm-hmm. night. He lost a lot of money this night, but didn't lose it in this hand to me. <laughs> Did you get it back at least? No, I lost in this one, but I I didn't lose like so much because I think I bought him for a hundred and, ran and was winning like yeah. two hundred or so. I'm pretty sure I lost like a hundred this day. Actually, it was super brutal because I lost like a hundred in this game. Then the next day, I came down and played Rick heads up. I think we were playing 100 or 150 or 200k each heads up. Within five minutes, I just get queens against aces on ace queen three. Ugh. <laughs> and I'm just like looking around, like, what just happened? Like, oh, okay, I guess I'm done for the you, day. Oh, you don't keep playing then? Nah, usually, I mean, I was like, ta- I didn't, it's not like I had tons of money to just like take these shots for like a hundred. Like, yeah. Let's say when I lost a hundred and then the other hundred to 200, <laughs> that was probably like 30 to 50% of my entire role. <laughs> like I'm not someone who's sitting there thinking like, oh, I should be smart, only gamble 5% of my role. Like, nah, nah, fuck this. I'm gambling all of it right here. And if it goes bad, we'll see. When's the last time you had that itch though? 
Not maybe not all your role because that's that's crazy. But like, when's the last time you had your itch to fire a big chunk where it made you nervous? Where you were like, I probably shouldn't be doing this, but the thing is that go. that thought never goes into my head though, and it's gonna be the three hundred k in the aria this year. That'll be the one. Okay. But yeah, that thought never goes into my head. Where like. If I'm ready to put an amount into the tournament, the amount's just already gone, and I don't think about it You mentally it lost it already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me it's mentally just gone. So, like, I accept losing it before the game starts. Mm -hmm. And then when the game starts, I try to win it. <laughs> <laughs> Can you talk about the toughest time in your career so far? If you could pinpoint it? Yeah, there have been a few tough times. <laughs> Not lately, though. Hopefully. The toughest time for me was in... Last year in October. That really that that recent. Actually, was it October? Yeah, October last year. So six was months. Literally, ago. my <clears throat> toughest time lifetime ever by four to six x. Poker for, for for poker reasons. For poker and other reasons of, let's say poker gambling trust, mm, leniency. Yeah. I there was wanna, a betrayal. There was a lot of, yeah. But, I mean, I let myself <laughs> get into the situation, too, stupidly. So, in the end of the day, even, like, in this time, I don't want to really get into it too much about exactly what happened yet. Maybe someday. <laughs> but uh, even, like, when this all happened, I just... Okay, so when it happened, like, it hurt first. It was, you're looking left and right. Like, let's say, for instance, I'll give you an example of you go to bed one night saying to yourself that you're a millionaire and you wake up the next morning, you're a negative millionaire. <laughs> okay. So that pretty, sounds horrible. So pretty much this is the worst time ever. You go to sleep thinking you're a millionaire and you wake up in the morning, you're like, no, actually, I owe my friends more than I've ever owed my friends by a lot. So you're like, okay, this is pretty brutal. So to be honest, in this one, I was in London at the time, like when I found out it all went to shit. I rented a nice apartment. Literally, I had a, I was paying 500 pounds a night for a three bedroom, like sick apartment. Just cause these are the type of things that I need to like get past this. I need a nice apartment <laughs> with big space. I need- you, Was just you there alone? Yeah, or? just me. I need some medication, maybe, like maybe some smokes, like mm -hmm. some deliveries, some movies. For a week, I didn't leave the apartment pretty much. Didn't see like the sun, didn't like, I didn't want to see any sun. There was no sun for me this week. <laughs> when people were writing me, it's like, just leave me this week. Yeah. Like, going shitty, don't want to talk about it, leave me alone. So, but honestly, in the week of spending there and just like getting through it and just, like getting my mind through it after this week, I swear I never thought about it again and I only thought about what I could do in the exact moment to get myself pretty much to where I am right now. So it's all about like, hey, that happened. What can I do from this moment forward? Exactly. Hey, it happened. This sucks. Like, sucks more than anything most people have ever dealt with. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's over. You can't do anything to change the past. And now it's only just forward motion for what you could do to make your future like what you want it to be. And just and then at the same time, not like hoping that you're going to make big jumps or like climb this mountain fast. Like you have to put in the legwork to to like get back up to the top of the mountain. The people who try to do it fast and try to like run up or jump up, they're just like gambling stupidly and doing too much. So Fortunately for me, I mean, I've been 
honest to everybody for forever. So at this point, when it went bad, I had a, a few of my friends who wouldn't let me get crushed, like let's say, and help me out when I needed it. So, but without that, I mean, if I, without that, I would have been completely fucked again. I mean, I would have been fucked a lot of times in my poker career if I didn't have like a lot of credit slash trust slash business with a lot of people. So even like all the bad it did me, just like helping out all these people and getting burned at the same time, like for other people, like who are bosses, for them to like, look at someone like me uh, where I don't have any backup plan or anything. My, it's not like I come from a wealthy family or anything. And when you can look at me and see me get burned like over and over by tons of people, but then at the same time, never see me burn anyone. Yeah. Like, that's got me in just insane amounts of respect from like pretty that's much the people That's a lifetime of matter. right there. Yeah. So pretty much I, I would say that I have a lifetime of good credit in some circles because I mean, I, I just don't bullshit people. I don't lie. I don't bullshit. If I need mm -hmm. to borrow money and I don't have it, I'm not going to guarantee them a date. Like, I'm going to tell them, like, hey, it's going bad, but I'll pay you when I have it. But then at the same time, whenever <laughs> I have it, I'm never the person that you'll see, like, gambling big when I owe other people and I have, like, some money. If I yeah. win the tournament, I pay it all off immediately. And this, like, for the future has been able to... Even, like, let's say the worst people can say about me is... I took six months to pay them back or something. That's yeah. the worst that anyone could say is that I took six months to pay them back. But at the same time, they could never say that they saw me doing anything stupid in the time where they were like, hey, you shouldn't be doing this, like give it to me. It's only the point where I don't have it. I think that's the biggest problem people have when it comes to debt in the poker community is that you sit down at the table and the guy that owes you know, six figures is in the tournament playing for six, you know what no, I mean? Well, even forget, forget about that fact, because like, let's say if but someone working, yeah. no, but if someone owes you money and they have like, they have someone else to sponsor them, you would rather that than them not. Right. Name. But if they're playing, they're putting in like their own fresh. Yeah, yeah, of course. You know what I mean? Plus also, I mean, it's, it's sick. Like almost no people are like this. I've seen so many people winning money and owing me money and just not even giving me any, not even like coming, I'll have to be the one chasing them. Mm -hmm. So that's the thing. Like if anyone ever asked me for like their money, it was just because I didn't have it. They're not like chasing anything that exists. Yeah. Like for instance, if I owe money, I would just, let's say I owed my, I was in a point where I owed my friends 500,000 mm -hmm. and I've got 5,000 to play with, let's say at this time, mm -hmm. let's say I win a tournament for 150,000. I'm sending 130,000 like away. I'm pretty much leaving myself with like a little bit more than I started with just to like keep everything strong. Cause the thing is I never want to owe anyone money anyway. The only time I'm borrowing is just when like I don't have, of course. Right, and there's a lot of poker players, and we don't have to name names, but they'll get that 150k score and they will sit on it. They'll pay nothing until it goes down yeah. to zero. Because, yeah, and... because they're thinking like, oh, like I don't have to only pay 150. I have to pay 500. Yeah. So they're not like, oh, I'm gonna chip away like. <laughs> it's all good. It's just you can answer. You can leave it. Just leave it. It's. Or just pick it up and hang it up. Actually, no, then they'll call back. <laughs> yeah, leave it. We can take a, take a two-second break. That's what we do. Until it stops. Okay. There's always editing. What are you talking about? There's always editing. People who, uh, who they hit a score oh, and yeah. they fail to pay anyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, people will just, like, let's say you're in a 500,000 hole. Like, they're thinking they have to get out of this whole $500,000 hole. Like this doesn't really exist. Like what? Same with like the mountain. You have to chip away at this. Unless if you get lucky and win one thing, 
Like, and just, it's able to pay everything. Yeah. What you have to do is just keep making smart decisions and, like, doing the right thing, and this will just get you what you want in the end. And I've never really done, like, anything to appease anyone or just, like, because I wanted something from anyone in the past. Like, I just have a close, good family. My mom has good values, and I've just, I never... I never figured I need to cheat, steal, or do, or lie to anyone to get ahead because, I mean, I have a sharp brain and I've always been able to just kill whatever I put my mind to. I like it. Uh, best poker player we've never heard of? I always tell my buddy, uh, his name's Kenny Smarin. He actually won this tournament I in Panama, Kenneth though. Kenneth Smarin. He's yeah, an online player. Yeah, see, this guy is like the best player who doesn't play. Like, he never wants to play is the problem. Really? The guy has, like, such poker skill. Always when he... Okay, so the last, like, tournaments he's went to, the last EPT he went to, like, in Prague, he won the high roller there. He played <laughs> two tournaments. He went to Panama. He didn't play any of the side events. He played the main event, and he won it. <laughs> like, the guy's just, like, he's got it live. Like, you know when you could tell someone just has it? He can bluff and just sit so there So what, does solid. he have a day job now, or he just wants to play online? No, or? he just, like, likes to enjoy, like, life. He just, like, chills in Costa Rica and has, like, a, a bevy of beautiful women around mm -hmm. him. Kenny. He's like, he's like the Gotta sheriff. play the circuit. He's like the sheriff of Costa Rica, let's say, <laughs> of Hako. <laughs> the yeah, guy's no, funny. Yeah, maybe he'll, he'll do something at the series and, uh... Yeah, no, but this is He'll a guy that who could... I mean, it's very rare where a guy doesn't play a lot where I can say, like, oh, he's still going to be, like, a good player mm -hmm. in this $25,000 tournament. Like, it's you have to have real poker skill, like, to not be playing a lot and yeah. be, be winning in these tournaments. And, I don't know, some people, it's just, they don't... I, but he did. He dedicated like his life to online grinding at first. Mm -hmm. But then it's different. It's harder to travel. To be honest. like, not everyone could just be crazy like me and just be in a suitcase all the time and just. Be I mean, wherever this, and this whenever. is a very nice hotel room, but I would not want to live in this hotel room. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. But so what, what you about you need if, to be wired? What for about it? if you have this hotel room and then you get to switch to one like this next week? <laughs> Just down then the it starts getting better. No, yeah. not down the street, like a 10-hour flight you know away that you got like a bed to sleep on on the plane. Your bed's always made. Yeah, exactly. The yeah. place is always clean. See, these are great things, especially when you can't do laundry or, <laughs> or cook or, <laughs> or don't like to do any like menial things that take time. Mm -hmm. These uh, are not in your skill service. set? Yeah, I mean, uh, not necessarily not in my skill set. It's just like I don't put the time into doing this because I feel like I can designate my time in better areas. Yeah, your hourly make, uh, cleaning dishes, I'm sure, is not very great. Yeah, that's what I'm. How are you? How are you supposed to be cleaning dishes when you have people like begging you to pay you like a thousand to fifteen hundred an hour to teach them how to play poker, and you're yeah. like, yeah, no thanks. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, so I'm gonna wash these dishes. Well, you, let's we, we brought up hourly. Let's talk about your jobs. Did you ever have a job before poker? Not even as a okay, kid. Okay, so I'm I've been hustler since since day one. Mm -hmm. So at twelve years old, I was going to these magic tournaments and literally just like buying and selling cards. I was making let's say five hundred bucks a weekend, Card Saturday flipper. and Sunday, like twelve, thirteen, fourteen. Buy low, so high. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I actually had a I had a PayPal business account that was at like thirteen years old. Wow. So but then once I was like, oh this game is like I can't be playing magic anymore. Like I'm fifteen. I gotta like get back I gotta I wanna play like get healthy again, like exercise, like hang out with girls. Like this is not the <laughs> thing to do. So after oh, that sorry, then magic friends. Yeah, then you've gotta like you've gotta figure a new way. So actually at first I was 
I got a job right after that. As soon as I turned 14 and could get a job, I got a job bagging groceries just at the top of the block from, from my house. And I've just always been independent. Like my mom let me fly with my friends to Florida for magic tournament at 12 years old, like by myself with two older friends. Yeah. Like she, she always tells the story of where I was going up to the corner to get bagels. Like before I could look over the counter at like three years old, <laughs> and like we, she can't get like other, like my brothers to go at like 16 years old. <laughs> So she, I've always been independent, but she like also gave me the room to be independent. So by the time I was 12 years old, I don't, I'm, I don't think my parents ever paid for anything for me again, like from 12 to now, like maybe one, <laughs> now your mom's screaming in the car, like maybe, maybe like one more or two more like <laughs> shopping, like maybe like right before school or something, let's so say back to school. Yeah. Shoes. Yeah. Back to, she might've brought me on like a back to school shopping, like at 13 Probably or 14 still. At the time. But then at 14, I just got a job. I got a cell phone. I paid for my own cell phone mm -hmm. since I'm 14. Just, so I worked there for, let's say, a year or two years just like after school and stuff on yeah, the weekend yeah. after school then um one summer i got a job um eggs on top like bu bus boying at uh some like restaurant okay that i mean i didn't make it through a whole summer and like, i was joking <laughs> around there all the time but like still i was like hustling a bit and then actually at this point i i think i saved about maybe like eight thousand ten thousand or so and this is right when eBay came out. And I remember I was telling my mom, I was like, like, there's no chance that this isn't going to blow up. <laughs> like, I want to just put all the money that I have in eBay. So pretty much my mom, like, talked me out of it. I didn't. <laughs> Which, I mean, who knows? Maybe I would be a trader right now. Like, if I put, I might be yeah. like, trading for myself or something. Yeah, is that like, what you would, you think you'd be doing if you weren't uh, playing poker? Yeah, I think that's one of the things that, like, my skill set would do very well in, for sure. With, like, numbers and making quick decisions based on complete or incomplete information, mm -hmm. so, which is like exactly what poker is. So I think, yeah, I think that's what I would translate to really well. Maybe at some point I'll do that for fun too. <laughs> yeah, why not? Uh, you got your headphones on at the table. What are you listening to? I actually never wear headphones never. at the table. Unless if you've got like Mike Mattisau next to you. <laughs> he's, the all, he's the only no, one? there's about five of them, but let's say like. Do you have a list? Of people who are just like, don't even talk to me. Okay, let me think. <laughs> Kathy Liebert. Oh, Kathy. Mattisau. <laughs> you need to have like your headphones in the bag like sometimes when Helmuth's at your table. <laughs> like just because like, well the thing is he actually, he, he doesn't really like uh, talk shit to me anymore. Because we were playing some like, let's say mixed tournament, maybe it was 10k Raz or 10k Horse or something. And I played some like completely standard hand against him, and he just starts going off on me at the table about how I'm terrible, all this. I just look at him like straight. I'm like, listen, Phil, I got 100,000 in my bag right here. Like, we could play whatever game that you want on this table over here at the end of the day. I'm like, I'll play you in Heads Up Raz, like your game. You choose the game, I'll play you for this 100,000 right here. I'm like, if you got anything else to say, Phil, say it at this table over here. I like if you it. don't have more to say, like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Did it work? Oh, he didn't say another. He hasn't said another like negative thing to me since this day, like yeah. two years ago. I like it. <laughs> Not many people get the get the better of. Uh, yeah, I mean, so at least when it comes to trash talking. Yeah, for sure. That's the thing. I don't really trash talk, but when people trash talk to me, like it usually goes bad for them. Because <laughs> I mean, the thing is, whatever they're trying to say, like I'm just right here, willing to put my money where my mouth is.
So whatever you want to say, like, okay, no problem. I'm right here putting my money where my mouth is. So you want to sit down at the table and put yeah. your money here too or not? <laughs> so wait, so what are you listening to when you are music, uh, musically inclined? Um, like, I like uh, Deep Jay-Z. House with, like, girl vocals oh, okay. sometimes, like, relax. And I like, yeah, like, rap, I hip-hop, for sure. New York hip-hop. Yeah, of course I like yeah. Jay-Z. I mean, how can you not like Jay-Z for being from New York? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Brooklyn State of Mind. Uh, is that what it is? New York State of Mind. Yeah, New York State of Mind. Yeah, I, I grew up listening to rock, as you can probably see. <laughs> That's why all my clothes are from Old Navy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember I used to shop at Old Navy. My mom would take me there back to school. I'm dressed now how you were in that 12-year-old picture <laughs> where you are playing magic. Go check well, it out. It's on his Twitter. That seems like a efficient way to dress. <laughs> it's very efficient. My right. way to dress is not so efficient, but I enjoy it. All right, so we always end the podcast with a random question from the random question generator. And yours is, what are some things you shouldn't say at work? What are some things you shouldn't say when you're at work? How am I supposed to know? I don't work. Well, you work at the poker table. Okay, so okay, so fine. So at work at the poker table, I think you should never complain at the table if you're a professional poker player. If you're a professional poker player, you should... Okay, if you want to say something to like another regular or something... I think you should never like, like give advice and talk about hands at the poker table. I think you should never like, be rude or disrespectful to anyone or ever tell anyone that they played their hand wrong or bad. Because the thing is, in the end of the day, if you're a professional, you want people to be sitting in there playing their hands mm-hmm. bad. Like this is exactly what you hope for. Like, oh, okay, so you want to just keep bashing this guy so he doesn't show up anymore. So what, you have to sit down with me at every table that you're at? <laughs> like, yeah, like great plan. So I really, I can't stand people. Well, I mean, I'll like, I'll say stuff to people anyway. I also really, I think you should, if you're playing high stakes, you should never be like stalling at the table. Businessmen hate it. And you're just going to get like a worse look. And the thing is, in the end of the day, what stalling is going to do is it's going to turn some tournaments into like partially like anyone can play with the lottery and partially like these seats are reserved for like people who are good for the game for TV. Mm-hmm. Like the businessmen like who are just sitting down for a hundred, 300,000, like to have fun. They don't want to like watch you like sit there and tank for 30 seconds before you fold your cards. Like this is actually abs- another thing I really don't like is professionals like staring down amateurs. I think if you're an amateur, like playing a high roller tournament, mm-hmm. it should be like illegal that people are like that. Professionals are allowed to like. <laughs> this should be like down. a no contact jersey. Yeah, on, like, yeah, like, like what football? are you doing? You need to get like every advantage you have. Like you already played the game so much better than these guys, and he's here like having fun. Like all the, when you start like staring a person down like nonstop, is he having fun? Like you're playing with a bunch of robots who are just quiet all the time and now just staring you down whenever you're thinking. Now especially like let's say he stares you down for whatever X amount of long time and makes like a hero call against you and you're bluffing. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden you're like, oh shit, like I'm giving away all this information like I can't win. So as soon as an amateur thinks at all like that they can't win, they're not going to play anymore. So like all you're doing just making your edge higher and higher is just making like moving people away from the game. Yeah. I we going back to the to the uh, you know berating people or talking down to amateurs at the table. I imagine in the high rollers everyone who's a regular is very protective of those businessmen who come in from time to time and plop six figures on the table. But at the same time, everyone's pretty quiet, like in the high rollers. In the high rollers, it doesn't really happen as much. It happens more in like the 10Ks, 5Ks. You never get like a guy who won a 5K, jumps into the 100K, 
and treats everyone like they're no, 1,500 but, players? No, because the thing is, it's just like a different environment. Like, you're playing with either the best players in the world or just like tycoon businessmen. It's another sick thing about poker. All these high rollers that I play, it's me, a bunch of professional poker players, and some of the biggest businessmen that there are in the world, mm -hmm. which is a pretty sick thing when you're like 30 years old and <laughs> you didn't go to school or any, you don't know what school is like and you're just here and getting to like talk with people who are just super successful in whatever they've done and then at the same time because I'm super successful in what I do I instantly just get respect from the people and just because how I carry myself anyway I just I mean I give people respect and I get respect back and if I don't then fuck you and I don't care about you because I mean I don't care about you really anyway but if you don't <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm not here to please you, but at the same time, I'm always nice and respectful to everyone. I think it's important. Never be, never treat, look at anyone like lower than you are and never treat anyone bad because, I mean, you never know what anyone's had to go through. You never know anybody's life and who deserves, who are you to ever, see, I really don't like people who are like this, like who treat people like they're better than they are. Yeah. This is this is what, none of my friends it's, are like this either though. I can't. But it stand is a it like is this. a trait in some poker players. Yeah, a lot, like a lot but of not just, a, not a lot of the high stakes guys. No, because well, a lot of the like high stakes poker players, they're like nerd guys who haven't left their basement. <laughs> like this is like their third time out of their basement. Yeah. So like no, the ones who are like this are the people who have money pretty much like from other stuff. And the guy there's a the lot five of, there's a lot of people yeah like this guy there's a lot of poker players or gamblers who are like this mm -hmm. I like it well Bryn we gotta get you to a 25k and you still gotta buy me in so perfect let's let's get down to it yo thank you so much thank you wow who doesn't love a great how you story from out of left field right thanks again to Bryn be sure to follow him on Twitter at Bryn Kenny world and don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Let us know what you think of the show by sending an email to PokerStories at CardPlayer.com, and you'll be eligible to win a free subscription to CardPlayer Magazine. See you next time. Don't forget to head to CardPlayer.com slash link slash fantasy draft for top-notch daily fantasy sports contests and to claim your free digital subscription to CardPlayer Magazine. If you are a fan of football, baseball, basketball, hockey, or even golf, then you'll love Fantasy Draft's larger payout zones and contest entry caps, which gives new players a great shot at winning. Once again, cardplayer.com slash link slash fantasy draft.